1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Uh, but sometimes it's a struggle to find that faith. Well, that's why we choose to stand. And well, together we expect that God will show up and cause faith to rise. And well, sometimes the circumstances, they're so overwhelming that there's no hope in sight. Oh, that's why we choose to lift our eyes and our hands towards heaven to get a glimpse of His hope that will never leave us and it will never forsake us. And together, we lift our voices to magnify the greatest of these, which is love. Let's praise this love that now and forever will not fail. So Cathedral of Faith, this is the time, and this is how. So now, let's worship. Can we all stand to our feet wherever we're at? We are gonna have fun in the house of the Lord. Can we put our hands together?
Cathedral, will you join us all in prayer? Let's lift our hands wherever we're at if you feel comfortable to do so. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for this moment. And God, we know that your love takes out all fear. So in this moment, I pray that love would conquer all in our hearts, our minds, our families, our prayer requests, our situations. God, teach us this morning how to worship you the way you deserve to be worshiped. So Father, I pray freedom. I pray, Father, that these words would be come as prayers from our hearts. God, do what only you can do. Touch the natural and do the supernatural, we pray. We love you, God. We honor you. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Let's sing this together.
take joy, my King. Take joy, my God. We ask you now, in what you hear. Hallelujah. Let it be your sweet, sweet sound in your ears. We're gonna do it again. Could we do it? Just our lifting our hands up and let our voices sing Whether you're joining us online or in person, thank you for making the time to be here with us today. If you're new here, this is your first or your second time, welcome. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better and also share a little bit about us. So scan the QR code that's on the screen, send us a text, or check in with one of our fabulous Frontline team members. Well, we just wrapped up our Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Conference, and wow, what an amazing time we had, learning, laughing, and investing in our marriage. Want to give a great big thanks to everyone that came out and participated, to everyone that served. It is our prayer that the tools you received will ignite something great in your marriage. Looking ahead, next week we begin a new month and a new series, Ashes to Beauty where we take a look at some of the amazing women in the Bible and the role they play as we head into the Easter season. So make sure you do not miss a single weekend. And as always, for the latest and greatest, be sure to follow us on social media or visit our website, cathedraloffaith.org. I hope you have an amazing week. Well, good morning to Cathedral Faith family. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? I want to give all of you a great big welcome. Welcome to all the folks out in the parking lot, at the drive-in, at the amphitheater, and right here in our main auditorium. We're so glad you're here. And we have a lot to give God praise for how he smiled on us during this weekend with our marriage conference. I just want to give God praise. We had seven, over 700 people attending, representing 40 different churches. We even had the mayor of San Jose and his wife join us. I mean, it was a unique time. I mean, Michael Jr. made us laugh and uniquely inspired us to find out our why and what that means to how to live out our life. 
And then Dr. Gary Chapman was here to help us discover and speak our love languages so our love tanks are full. And then Chris Brown shared some principles of how to live financially free. And then Jay and Catherine Wolf kind of showed us what it means to love when you are suffering. And of course, Jamie Jones was there to provide that romantic soundtrack. So what a great time. And it was a church-wide effort. I wanna thank all the volunteers and staff that participated, all of our stage and tech team, our frontline, our registration team, our product team, our communications team, our facilities team, and all the pastors. Thank you. Let's give them a great round of applause. Thank you for how you were serving. And there's one person in particular, she's little, but man, she drove it all. She was the event coordinator, Pastor Irene. Come on out, just let's give Pastor Irene. Way to go, Pastor Irene. <laughs> and if it wasn't for this couple, Carl and Leslie Gardino, they had the vision for this marriage conference at birth two years ago. So thank you, Carl and Leslie, for uh, visioning this and providing all the leadership. So let's give a great shout out to Carl and Leslie. I don't know if you're out at the amphitheater. Wow, what an amazing time. And I'm excited. How many are, are excited that things are starting to get back to normal? That hopefully we'll be able to shed these masks this week, amen? So we're gonna be ramping things back up, so be sure and check out your email from us this week on what is happening here at Cathedral. Well, I'm so glad to be a, a part of a church family that are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. That our church is really where the love is lived out because we understand God's promise for our life, that he wants to bless you for one reason, so you can be a blessing, because there's no one like you. God gave you unique talents and abilities and resources to use those to serve and love others. And here at Cathedral Faith, our love ministry is our reaching out ministry. It's really at the heart of Cathedral of Faith. And just to, you know, Pastor Jim is the champion of that ministry. And just through our pandemic, the pandemic that lasts two years, you know, we're finishing up, we were able to distribute over $95 million worth of groceries to 800,000 people in our community. And Pastor Jim's here to kind of share what the latest and greatest is happening and reaching out and about some of our superheroes. Well, this week, we've had a wonderful week. We actually fed 1,500 families. 1,500 families. Which equates to about 4,000 individuals. 4,000 individuals got food from us this week. And we're just so excited to be able to be part of our community and be able to do that. And through that, um, some of you keep track of the laws, don't you? There's so many of them, I can't keep track of them anymore. And, and in the month of January, there's 700 new laws, over 700 new laws in California that are coming along. And guess what? One of them I actually like. One of them is that you cannot throw food away anymore. You can't throw restaurant food away. You can't throw grocery store food away. You get in trouble for that. And so, guess what they do? They give it to us so that we can distribute it. And so we're getting meals, I mean really good meals, from Kaiser, like healthy meals, um, meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and they come in a beautiful little tray, so they're great for seniors, they're great for um, a lot of our population, and one of our population that it's great for is our um, special needs kids. We have about 100 special needs kids that come to Reaching Out every single week and help us. We could not do this without them. They don't gripe, they don't complain, all they do is come to help all the people that are struggling in our community. And so they're teenagers. And if they're anything like my teenagers, I had five teenagers at one time and their favorite four letter F word was food. And they ate all the time. And so one of the things we're getting in is we're getting all the stuff from McDonald's. So we're getting egg McMuffins and burritos and all kinds of stuff that they would normally throw away and there's nothing wrong with it. And so these kids are going crazy. They are so excited. They come and they actually use reaching out as um, a reward system. And they said, if you mess around, you're not going to reaching out this week. Okay, 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 we're good, we're good. And so they love coming because we treat them with so much love and so much respect. 
And again, we could not do it without them. So we are so blessed to have them. And for those of you that wonder about maybe serving at Reaching Out, some of you go to the gym. Well, come and see Jim, and I will get you in shape. Because if you lift... 35-pound boxes all day long, I guarantee you'll get in shape. So come and help us at Reaching Out. We need you. Come on, let's give Pastor Jim and all of our Reaching Out team a God praise for what's happening. Way to go, Pastor Jim. And one thing Pastor Jim didn't mention, we give out about $300 worth of groceries when people come and are blessed here Reaching Out. Like Pastor Jim said, we cannot do it without you. What, God's called us to do without your faithfulness and your generosity, we cannot do what we, God's called us to do. So thank you to all the church family for all the ways that you give of your time, of your talent, and your resources to help us be a blessing to our community. There's easy ways to give, you know, the, uh, the ways online, through our app, uh, through texting, or you can just give at the end of the service on your way out to one of the ushers. But thank you so much for your faithfulness, and let's continue to believe that God will continue to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Well, in a moment, we're gonna receive communion, but before we do, I just wanna highlight, there's a celebration of life uh, this coming Friday at 2 p.m. in the chapel for one of our cathedral heroes. He was an early pioneer that served with my dad and his family, Pastor John Sierra, went home to be with the Lord about a month ago, and we're gonna be celebrating his life. Pastor John was a, a leader here at the church and served, especially he had a heart to reach those that are struggling, the down outs. He would serve every Sunday at the rescue mission downtown. Uh, but I am so grateful. Pastor John was my Sunday school teacher and uh, was like another father to me as well as so many others. But they're gonna be celebrating his life this Friday at 2 p.m. in the chapel. And I can say, Cathedral of Faith would not be the church it is today without the Pastor John Sierra and his family, amen? Well, someone that is no longer a guest, he's a part of our Cathedral of Faith family. He's been with us all weekend. He's a Grammy award-winning artist, founder of the group All For One. Let's welcome back our dear friend, Jamie Jones.
sure love you. Would you stand with me, please, and take the elements, hold them in your hands as we prepare to receive communion. As we come to the Lord's table today, we're reminded of the, the love of God that has met us right at our point of need, that meets us in our brokenness. And today, as we come to the table, we bring our brokenness to him. Wherever you're broken in your life, we bring that to him. And we receive his grace and his love. And today, not only do we bring uh, our brokenness, but we also bring a broken world as we pray for peace in Ukraine. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Our hearts are eternally grateful. Lord, that your body was broken for us so that we can be made whole. And Jesus, the Bible's Jesus, we ask today, as Ephesians 2 declares, that Christ himself is our peace. So God, we ask you to bring peace into our own lives and that you would bring peace into our world, specifically in Ukraine. We pray for peace today. We believe it, we declare it, and we receive your grace. Let's eat of the bread of Christ. Jesus, thank you for your blood that you shed your, you gave your life so that we can have life, eternal life, meaningful life, a quality of life. And so God, as we drink today, we drink in the life that you've given to us. We drink in your love. Let's drink of the cup of Christ and receive the love of God into your heart. Now, I invite you to join with me. We heard Jamie sing it, and let's pray. Let's mean it with all our hearts and pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer you'll ever learn to pray. Can we say that together? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the glory, and the power forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We give you honor and glory and praise today. You are worthy of the very best that we have, oh God. Thank you for being so good to us. We're so grateful for your mercy, your grace, your love, your compassion, your wisdom, the hope that we have in our hearts, the joy that we have in our lives. God is good, Cathedral, and all the time. Again, thanks so much for being here today, whether you're here on site or whether you're watching online. We are so grateful that you've joined with us. My brother mentioned what an amazing weekend it was with our marriage conference. And I am so grateful that one of the speakers from the conference was able to arrange his schedule to be with us today. Now, yeah, let's give God praise for that. I mean, how blessed we are. I mean, he's traveled around the nation and, and spoken at great arenas. He's hosted a national broadcast. He's worked at some of the most influential churches in our country. Uh, he was a part of Dave Ramsey's team. Uh, we have Dave Ramsey's program, Financial Peace University. He was a part of that team, a strategic member for several years. And he's with us today. He planted a church in Nashville, him and his wife, about six months ago. So I know it's a very big deal uh, to be away from a church that you just planted. It's his first time to Cathedral of Faith. So I want us to give him a great big San Jose Cathedral of Faith welcome. Would you welcome Chris Brown? What's up, Cathedral? How you doing? Man, honored to be with you. Guys, go ahead and have a seat. And those of you that are online, I know you stood too. You go ahead and have a seat as well. Man, 
honored to be with you. I know that uh, you, <laughs> say this with me, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. It's a great quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it is so true. In this life, nothing great has ever been achieved without some level of enthusiasm. It doesn't necessarily mean as the pom-poms and the cheerleaders, if that's not your personality, but internally, that anticipation, that expectation, that man, something good is gonna happen. And I'm telling you, that's only one of 458 things I love about this place. That man, you guys are filled with anticipation, expectation. We've been talking about love for the last three weeks. Love is in the air. But man, I can see it. I can see it not only in the auditorium. I can not only see it in the amphitheater, in the drive-thru. I see it in the hallways. I see it everywhere, this family love. And uh, it's rare. As somebody who has been in several churches around the country, I'm telling you, what you guys have here is absolutely special. You know, I, I traveling around and speaking on several stages around the country, um, there's this uh, informal code that when you go and you speak somewhere, you're supposed to, no one wrote it down anywhere. It's just, it's just this thing where you're supposed to get up and say a bunch of honoring things about the church. And you're supposed to say a bunch of honoring things about the executive leadership or senior leadership at that church. And for me, it's always bothered me because I'm a person who's just like really big on the real scale or authentic or genuine. And for me, I, I've not been invited back several places, although I did a great job I didn't do that. And I'm just, I'm not gonna do it just to do it and, and fill, fill, out, fill up time with cliches. But I'm telling you, my time here, because I've now been here for several days, what you have is really, if I lived in this area, I would be going to church here. I, this is absolutely amazing. To the point where I got myself some swag. Come on, somebody, right? Oh, man. Out of the 458 things or whatever number I gave you, uh, lots of things that I'm impressed with. Number one by far, ooh, actually there's two that are tied. Number one is uh, just the, the, the family love that's in the air. It feels, uh, it really does feel like uh, authentic and not forced and like, hey, we all need to love each other, right? We're all gonna love each other, right? Right, it just feels like it's just in the air. It's very natural. But the one that really is, makes you really unique is the diversity. I really, truly believe this is a church that what heaven's gonna look like. I absolutely love it. And when I say diversity, you may be thinking about ethnic diversity only, but I'm telling you, the ages, the different schools of, of people coming from different backgrounds, and uh, just the way that you guys do ministry together, and I'm, I'm watching a 10-year-old serving back there with 60-year-olds, and they're just doing life together. I, I just love uh, all the different age groups in here, uh, different stages of development. All, it's just amazing. So I'm so glad to be here. One of the things that's sticking out to me is how rare it is. Everyone say rare. 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 Now, when something is rare, with that comes a very... Um, some influence, uh, some uh, impact. It comes with some value, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. Before we get into rarity, I do wanna, I wanna introduce you to my family so you know where I'm coming from. Right here is uh, my family, and uh, those little brown things on the ground, those are leaves. And <laughs> those are brown leaves, just so you know. <laughs> I know you've read about them in textbooks, but those are brown leaves. Um, there's this thing called seasons. Um, but <laughs> anyway, that's my wife of 22 years. Her name is Holly. Those are my two boys, Max and Jack. And uh, I didn't know that I had prophetically named my boys, Max and Jack, before they were born. I had no idea that my life, ever since they've been in existence, has been maxed out and jacked up. <laughs> I promise I don't have any favorite children. I don't, I promise, I promise, I promise. I just happen to have proof that there are perfect children, and that is my daughter right there in the middle. Uh, she's 14, and uh, I love her with all my heart. So this idea of rarity, in my mind, I'm thinking about Steph Curry. 
his Steph Curry has come about. He now shoots three-pointers and turns his back after he shoots it and goes back and plays defense because he knows it's going in. How did we get here? Right, somebody who hits 15 or 16 three-pointers in an all-star game, how did we get here? It's a rare ability to be able to shoot a three-pointer and play basketball. Think about that. Any kind of rare ability or rare skill, it gives somebody influence. It adds value. He's adding value to the NBA. He's adding value to our TV sets. He's adding value to how much we enjoy watching basketball, those of you that watch basketball. Think about the empathy that Mother Teresa has or had. Like how much empathy and how much how much influence and value that she added. Think about a rare gemstone or jewelry, how much value it has because it's rare. Think about property values out here, right? Because you guys have got an amazing climate and you've got an amazing place to live. And so therefore it adds value and influence whenever you can add a rare value. Today we're gonna talk about being rare. Be rare. That is the challenge today. What does that mean? How? We're in week four of love language. What does it mean to be rare? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You guys ask such good questions. I love that. We're going to look into Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. And we're going to look at a passage of scripture that maybe if you've ever given this advice to somebody before, when you gave the advice of this passage, you probably had a check in your spirit and you're like, really? These are really Jesus' words? This is what Jesus said? Really? Like, this just doesn't make sense with the way that I process things. And so we're going to dive into that. And what does this passage really mean? You know, today's world... Um, there's a lot of offense out there. Raise your hand if you've been offended this week. Raise your online if you've been offended this week. Raise your hand if you've been offended this week. Come on. Right? You have. There's a lot of offense out there. There's a lot of um, um, just bru brutal sarcasm. There's a lot of revenge, a lot of retaliation. There's just a lot of things that are out there. And then in this passage that we're going to look at, we've got Jesus saying not to retaliate not to do anything back, but it kind of comes across really passive, so what does he really mean? Surely he doesn't mean us, for us to be passive. So we're gonna take a look at what Jesus says. So we're gonna dive right in, uh, right here in Matthew chapter five, verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Can we just be real for a minute? That's hard to read. That's hard to really say, yeah, you know what? My faith tells me I believe that. Let's do that. I, I get it. I, I, let's do it. That is screaming, hey, let's just all be passive Christians. Right? So something's gotta be wrong. We gotta dig a little bit deeper. Like, what does he really mean? So let's just break it down. Let's take that first passage. What does it say? You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Pause. Now you gotta get some context here. Now Jesus is Sermon on the Mount, the most famous, most amazing sermon ever taught in the history of ever. And he is out with the multitudes and he kind of slips away, he goes up on this hillside and then a small group follow him and then everybody kind of follows him. He's seated, everyone else is standing and this is kind of the scene and he is delivering this very audacious, uh, uh, captivating talk. So he's talking and he says this too. He's talking to Jewish people who are currently under Roman oppression and this is what he says. Again, let me, let, me, let me pull it up one more time. Let me, let's pull up the last one. Okay, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Folks, I love the fact that our Savior has his hand on the pulse of culture. 
We, have a, we, don't, have a, a, we don't have a savior who's just like, what, what's happening? What, what? He knows what the law of the streets is, the law of the jungle, the code of like, man, bro, you better not be doing that to me. If you do that to me, I'm gonna do that to you. He knows about that. He knows it's out there. You unfollow me, I'm gonna unfollow you. You insult me, I'm gonna insult you. You gossip about me, I'm gonna gossip about you. You steal from me, <laughs> I'm gonna steal from you. He knows, as it's been said, so he is a very well aware now, where does that come from? Why do we all think like that subconsciously? We've never been in school one day and said, hey, it's April 13th, everyone grab your piece of paper. On April 13th every year, we all learn this. And this is where we all get our piece of paper out. We get a pen out and I'll write this after me. Hey, listen, a eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. We've, we've never been taught that, right? But why do we all have it in our noggin? We all say it all the time, and we all act like it. Where does that come from? Well, just so you know where it came from, it came from Exodus chapter 21, the Mosaic Law, all the way back in the Mosaic Law, when there was a law, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and what it was for was for government to have a limit on retribution in the event that someone did something wrong. It would limit their authority on how much they could come down on somebody. So eye for an eye, now you know what's gonna happen. Tooth for a tooth, if you steal, you lose a finger. Right, that's kind of how it went down. But through the years, the scholars and those, the scribes, they actually turned it from a limit on retribution to now it is an obligation in our relationships. Now it's like, hey man, you mess with me, I'm gonna mess with you. And it's gone for mankind for generations and generations and generations. And where he were going in the next few minutes, Jesus is telling us, enough. Be rare, be weird, <laughs> be a different, a peculiar people, the Bible says. So check out what he says next. He says, but I tell you, pause, and we're not gonna go this slow through the whole verse, so just relax. <laughs> but I tell you, he's saying, hey, I know that is the law of the streets, the code of the jungle, I know that's the way everything works, and the whole world works that way, but... I tell you, think about how audacious that is. Think about how captivating and compelling this is. Think about the authority that he's speaking with. This separates him from all the other scribes, and this is a powerful moment. Think about this. If you're there in this moment, you're a Jewish person, you're under Roman oppression, and he's getting into this, you're listening. You're on the edge of your seat going, what? And guess what? You are there right now because the, the word is a living word. He's speaking to us right now too. Okay, here he goes. Here's, so now we're gonna get into the how. Okay, what does he mean by this? Okay, here we go. Do not resist an evil person. Now this makes no sense to us. Are you serious? What in the world? Now this does not mean just blind passivity that we're supposed to be welcome mats. We're supposed to let anybody do whatever they want to us. That's not what it means. This is not about like a government just allowing evil to just go and run rampant. We know that Jesus is not a passive Lord and Savior. We saw what he did in the temple. When he went into the temple and he flipped over the tables, which were not card tables, by the way. Those were heavy wooden tables that he's just, Jesus is not like little, little weak Jesus. Jesus like knows how to play some ball, you know what I'm saying? So he comes in there and flips. A little, he premeditated by making a whip before he even went in there to chase everybody out of the temple. He's not passive. That's not what this is. This is a call for us to not get into the little daily offenses that we run into. The offenses here and the offenses here. Oh, I'm offended. I'm offended. You can either choose offense or you can choose joy. You can't choose both. You're going to choose one or the other. Oh, I'm offended, I'm offended. How's that working for you? Well, this phrase right here, it kills me. I take offense to that. What you're saying is I'm gonna take that bomb and I'm gonna hold it, and I'm gonna be over here miserable, okay? <laughs> Why do we do that? Why are we taking offense, man? So he's gonna go into this. This is such good wisdom. Next phrase. If anyone, so he's gonna go more into the how, more into the how here. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also. Now this is perfect for an illustration. I need two volunteers. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> me, me. Um, so we have to know what this means and what this doesn't mean, okay? This actually has is a slap across the cheek in those days was not an actual punch, and it wasn't even actually a slap. The slap right there is referring to a back slap, which is an insult, okay? So this actually means an insult, not an actual punch. So when someone insults you with a verbal attack, you're just like, whatever. You're like, man, he was saying, he's saying, fly up there with the eagles. Let the ducks do whatever they're going to do. Like, you stay up there with the eagles. Point number one, write this down. Don't entertain drama. Don't entertain drama. Let the monkeys enjoy the circus. <laughs> you got bigger things to do. Focus on eternity. Don't focus on all that. Write this down. Conflict is inevitable, but drama is a choice. Conflict is certain, but drama is a choice. Conflict is going to happen in your life, but how much you entertain the drama is up to you. You ever known somebody who has drama all around them all the time? It's because they have a, a sign on their forehead that says, please bring me drama. I'm going to entertain it. We don't want to be that. Jesus is saying, hey, focus on bigger things. Saying, don't entertain drama. Next thing he says. So he says that, and then he goes, and he says it, he goes one step further. And by the way, what he's saying there, he's saying real strength is not found in your power to retaliate. Real strength is found in self-control. That's what he's saying. Uh, anyone can hit anyone else back, but real strength is found in self-control. All right. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Okay, Jesus, you are out of control. <laughs> First of all, this whole like, okay, let somebody punch me, right? Now, you know, now you're saying, okay, I just need to give away everything in my life. Like, come on, what, what, what are you talking about? Well, back in those days, remember, context matters. In that Jewish culture there today, a Roman... A soldier could come up and say, hey, I like that shirt. Give it to me. And they would just, they don't even need the shirt. What they're trying to do is just remind them that they're under oppression and that they're under control. And so they just say, I want the shirt. It didn't matter if you got it for your birthday. It doesn't matter if mom saved up for six months for that shirt. You've got to give them the shirt. Jesus is saying, don't just give them the shirt. Give them your outer coat as well. Jesus, you're out of control. This is nuts. This is, do you see how audacious and crazy this teaching is for the day? In the context, it makes no sense. But what Jesus is saying here is he's saying real wealth, real net worth and real wealth is not in how much you have, it's on how much you can give. That's what he's saying. I'm debating whether to tell you another layer of detail there. Um, so in those days, um, they weren't even allowed, the government was not even allowed to take your outer coat. It was actually a law that you couldn't be, you weren't allowed to. We read that in Exodus and also in Deuteronomy. And Jesus is actually saying, give them what they're not even allowed to take. Like, go to that extreme. And so point two is be weirdly generous. Number one, don't entertain drama. Number two, be weirdly generous. And then he goes one step further. That's not enough to mess with your mind and give you a total paradigm shift on what real love language looks like to this world. Check this out. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Okay, so in your mind, you're probably thinking a mile from here. Someone tells you to go to a mile and you're gonna go two miles. It's deeper than that. It's crazy. This is actually a Roman mile. There was a law of the Roman mile back then, and it actually paced out to 1,000 times of your left heel hitting the ground. Okay, so it's actually 2,000 paces. That's what a Roman mile was. And there's a law that said the law of the mile, and what had to happen was a Roman soldier could show up on your doorstep at any moment, drop a 100-pound or 200-pound sack on your front porch, knock on the door, and the man of the household had to show up, I mean, had to come out and had to carry that for one Roman mile. 
Now, it didn't make any sense because the donkey's already there, the donkey's taking it, it actually takes more time for the Roman soldier. However, remember, it's not about the practicality. It's about reminding the Jewish people that they were under oppression and they, that Caesar was in control. That was the point. So they despised this law, obviously, but they really despised it because the Romans would actually abuse this and they would show up on wedding days and they would show up at two in the morning. They'd show up on birthdays. They would try as hard as they can to be as annoying as possible. So Jesus is saying, don't just go one mile, go two. Do you ever wonder, like, Jesus, do you know what you're doing? Like, really? Does, is that really what he means? So think about it. You're in that meeting. You're one of these, uh, one of these Jewish folks listening to this sermon. And uh, let's just say it's a month later. Tuesday evening, you're having a meal with your family. And uh, you get the knock at the door. Yeah, I've got a 200-pound pack here. It's time. Law of the mile. Let's go. And just so you know, they, they, they detested this so much that they would actually put out markers all through the roads to all the cities. And they'd put markers like this one. And they would color code them with a flag that was color coded for their family. And this represented the thousand steps the exact minimum requirement to do exactly what they said, the one Roman mile. And so they'd have these all over the place, all the different streets and all the different families, all different color-coded. And I can remember, I can, I can imagine him walking out. Okay, step one, step two, step three, here's the road. 200-pound pack, here we go. And like 112, 113, 114, it's like, I am going to strangle you to this Roman soldier, right? I just like, I despise you, just furious. I mean, you're starting to sweat. It's awful. It's miserable. I can, in my mind, I'm, I'm picturing that. Then going a little bit further, like 600, six, you know, 601, 602, and then the memory comes up. I remember when Jesus said, he said, don't just go one, go two. That's crazy. That's cray-cray. There's no way, right? You get to like 812, 813, 814, you're like, maybe I'll do it. Like, maybe. Huh. Nah, no, I gotta get back, watch some Netflix. I gotta, I gotta get back. Uh, no, not gonna happen. Then in my mind, I'm imagining this Jewish guy getting to like 998, 999. He's gotta make that split-second decision. Am I, am I gonna believe Jesus for his word? There's that moment, and then 1,001, 1,002, I haven't died yet, um, I'm, I'm okay, 1,003, 1,000, stop. What happens right here? This right here, that step 1,001, 1,002, that's where the magic happens. Jesus is saying, hey, we're not to go one, we're not to go to two. What are the two things that happen right there? This is what happens. When you go to 1,001, 1,002, and you're a second mile type lover, I mean, oh gosh, lover of people, okay. Oh. What happens is you are now operating in freedom. You are now operating in the kingdom of God and not the minimum requirements of this world. You're now operating. Caesar don't own you. The Romans don't own you. You're in the freedom of Christ. You're operating on your own will of saying, no, I'm, I'm now a kingdom man. Uh, anyone could do minimum requirements. Oh, anyone could do this. Anyone could say hello. Anyone can sympathize, but only a few can empathize, right? It's the love at a deeper level, right? Another thing that happens right here is that 1001, 1002, that Roman soldier is going, what? What is wrong with him? And he's going, hey, bro, bro. I can hear him, like, hey, bro, ha. <laughs> bro, what are you doing? Like, you only had to go that far. I said, no, I got you. I know where you're going. It's cool, man. We're good. We're good. I got you. It's like 200 pounds, man. No, it's good. It's good. Come on. 
what would possess you to do something like this? And the window is open. And you're like, you know, there's this guy named Jesus, and let me tell you all about him. Notice that that conversation, that question, did not happen before minimum requirements. That happened after we were a second mile type people. A second mile that are weird. This is normal. This is weird. This is when the magic happens. We are to be weirdly generous. I got your bag, come on somebody, right? That's what happens. And here's the deal, John 13, I'll close up with this. John 13, verse 34, says this. It says that we are to love others like he loved us, okay? Now Luke 6, 31 says that we are to treat others like we'd like to be treated. That's like, in my mind, that's kind of like mile one. Okay, we wanna treat people like we wanna be treated. Makes sense, right? But when, man, we want to love people like God's loved us, think about it. We have a mile two Savior. We, uh, man, God, we got God. Yep, minimum requirements. I'm God. I sit on the throne. I kind of I set dominion over everything. I, I, six days, I did everything. That's my one. But then, no, 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 no. I sent my son to this earth to make sure that he experienced everything. He lived a, a perfect life. Not only that, no, we're gonna go 1,002. We're, go, we're gonna go a third mile. He died for our sins. We're gonna go a fourth mile, and he rose from the dead. A fifth mile, and he ascended into heaven. A sixth mile, he's up there making mansions for us. A seventh mile, he's coming back. He lives inside of all of our hearts. Listen, that is who we're supposed to be. As we wrap up this series, I can't encourage you enough. You guys have made an impression on me and I've only been here for 48 hours. The impression that I've got is I've seen a whole lot of mile two people. I've seen a whole lot of mile two love. I've seen a whole lot of mile two community. My, my job, what I wanna do, what I feel like God has called me to do today is to continue to knight you to be that kind of community in this world that goes out and you are just weird. You're just rare. You're weird. What is up with those people? I'll tell you what's up with those people. They're loving their community like Jesus. That's what's weird. Because we have a God who's weird. We have a Jesus who's weird. If he was like all the rest of them, he'd be dead like the rest of them, but he's not dead. He's alive. He's weird. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we ask that you give us the courage to love a mile two love, that we would live in the mile two, and God, that we wouldn't do it in our own strength, we'd do it in your strength. It is counterintuitive, countercultural. It is not the way our, brain, our brains naturally work. We're asking for you to live through us. May we in John 15 be, continue to be attached to the branch. The, the vine. Maybe we can completely attach to you and try not to do anything in our own power. God, I ask that you give us courage that when we get that prompting in our spirit to love, <laughs> to love on the second mile with our neighbors, with our classmates, with our coworkers, with our spouse, with our kids, that we would be obedient we'd be faithful because we know it's not something you want for us or from us. You want something you want for us. God, you came to give us life and life to the full, life abundantly. And this right here in Matthew chapter five is exactly what that looks like. May we be refreshed. Proverbs eleven twenty five. We be refreshed by refreshing others. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Chris, that's so good, man. Oh. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I want, would you let Chris Brown know how much you appreciate that word? What a powerful word. Chris, thank you so much. What a great way to wrap up this series on love. What a powerful word. 
I want to be weird. Say that with me. I want to be weird in the best kind of way. Amen. Well, I'm praying that for us this week. And, you know, I've asked Jamie, we've been talking about this month, love language all month long. And I thought, boy, let's seal the deal with a song. And so, Jamie, would you come out and bring it home? Are you ready to celebrate? Amen. Yeah. Welcome, Jamie. All right. All right. Let's bring some love. Think of your fellow man, lend him a helping hand, put a little love in your heart. You see it's getting late, oh please don't hesitate, put a little love in your heart, and the world will be a better place, and the world will be a better place for you. all these years and if you have if you need prayer right after service at the amphitheater down in front the team will be with there to pray with you and to pray for you and then next weekend we begin the Easter series and let me say also one of the members of our congregation uh, she does these amazing flower designs and so she's got a bunch of flowers out there in the amphitheater and so I encourage you leave here with a flower go by pick up a rose and uh, leave here knowing that God loves you and you can be weird in the best kind of way amen may the Lord bless you and keep you may his face shine brightly upon you may the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace and we speak this and we declare it in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit all God's people said, Amen. God bless you to go. Hey, said, put a little love in.